Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Adventures into Reality. We have an incredible show for you. We want to remind everyone, Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com is a 100% listener-supported station. So drop on by that site support button to keep the corporate fingers out of radio. One more suggestion and reminder, everyone, if you are trying to call into this radio station, you must wait until we advertise the call number. And for my audience that's outside of the United States, which is half the audience currently, we are at 2 to 4 Pacific Eastern Time. Eastern Time. That's 11 to 1 Pacific. So please, we've had many, many, many people that have been calling since 3 a.m. at the station here, which is on Eastern Time. I want to welcome Kathy Ma, my incredible, intrepid co-host. Thank you, Andrew. It's great to be here. Yet another wonderful day here. Lovely sunny weather. I love it. It's beautiful. So how is your spider bite going? Oh, well, the saga was only about a week long, I suppose. The foot was very swollen for quite a while. The actual bite site, the blister, only sort of dissipated two days ago so it was uh, very very challenging it's still a little bit itchy but i'm thinking definitely we need some spider invocations (laughs) (laughs) and i can tell everyone is agreeing with me i just know it (laughs) anti-bug anti-insect especially over summer would be a fabulous thing to add to anyone's life i think <laughs> but i have to say it's it's quite incredible the bugs this year seem to be getting more intense i don't know if that's a, a normal thing um but for me where i am down in the south it's like uh i'm already thinking summer is going to be tough i'm been putting up my fly wire screens which is great because i redid them all last year and then winter caught me too fast and Bit by bit, I'm slowly getting there, and I can actually see the bugs outside the screen trying to come in. You're like, no. (laughs) Out. Spiders. (laughs) So I will begin with a quick arachnid revocation. In this ever-present sacred moment, I call upon the greatest guides of arachnid community to understand my special psychic pheromone that I am not sharing space with the arachnid kind who are attempting to feed upon me. Your natural predatory concept is to feed on other bugs. I am a human being that's a seven-color experiencing being. So arachnid spirits of this world, I now secrete this pheromone that rejects you from my incarnation and reincarnation grid as well as my local bubble of reality. I exchange energy with you upon the psychic level. You do not bite me. I do not squish you. We live in peace and harmony. You within your predator network, me within my predator network. I have taken the time to break the predator network of the humankind, and now I offer this to all spider kind. The same concept. You do not have to follow what is in the DNA memory of living in one way, shape, or form. You can be a powerfully psychic being of love and still communicate to the rest of society that's beyond human beings. So I offer you this great gift, directed kind, to be in our own separate sacred places, doing our own sacred missions. There we go. Wow, that felt so powerful. 
I love the bit about do not bite me, I will not squish you. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's very, very fair compromise. <laughs> because, you know, you really don't want to do that. But right. at the end the of the day, yeah, it's you or them, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and with the summer coming up, the flies are really going to get crazy. I mean, I know in Australia, they absolutely go insane. In Hong Kong, the mosquitoes are out, you know, by the army load. By the army load. <laughs> so I'm definitely loving that. Definitely loving it. I'm going to be saying that every day. Very cool. Well, we are going to open the calls. So if you want to call in and talk to both me and Kathy, you can call 347-688-2902 or you can call 956 956- Two one seven zero two six one. Once again, three four seven six eight eight two nine zero two, or nine five six two one seven zero two six one. All right, our first caller is already here from Skype. Patricia, where are you calling from? Las Vegas, Nevada. Andrew. Las Vegas, Nevada. Welcome well, to the show. Well, actually, I fudge a little bit. I'm actually in Henderson, but just a couple blocks. There we go, Henderson. So what do you want to talk about today? Well, it's just, um, I, you know, I, I just found what you said about presenting um, yourself against these arachnids. I mean, I think that's kind of fascinating. I think we have a lot of parasites in our world, uh, two-legged variety, that we need to use this same approach with. Um, yeah, I have a, another revocation. It's known as the troll revocation. It's for those human beings who are acting like spider kind and are constantly like a tick in your energy field. Right. Well, we have some some big ones of those as well. Some like yes. agencies and things like that. That would be um, a really fascinating thing to pursue. So. Yes, I, I have I have another one for government banking and media, though it's presented presented differently. Yeah, the government banking and yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's those are the ones. Yeah, and then there's one for divine masculine and for feminine. And for those that uh, haven't seen those, you can go to my website andrewbartzis.com, and you'll be able to find all the downloads there for the contract revocations that we give out for free. Oh, terrific! I'll run right over. All right. So, what kind of questions do you want to ask today? Well, you know, this is the first time I've listened to your show, and I have to thank Noreen for inviting me and telling me a little bit about you. I don't usually, I'm usually, like, I'm working right now, but mm-hmm. I decided she had such a high praise for your show that I decided I had to call in. Well, and thank Laura, you, Noreen. Nice Noreen, to yeah. connect us. Yeah. Nor, Nor, Noreen has called in a couple times, and my, my, my first reading with her as well as a couple of years ago, you know, was a, was a powerful reading for her. Yeah, as well as what Kathy that's had to exactly say. what she said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did some energy work with her over the weekend, so hopefully... Uh, Very cool. So, did you have a specific question that you wanted to ask? Well, I don't... Uh, ask, I'm, I'm working on a lawsuit right now. Do you have any... Well, I have, I have my intrepid co-host, Kathy, who is the, the mistress of, of business and law cases when it comes to psychic information. <laughs> I love that intro. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, I'm so all you, ears. You have a, a law case going on, did you say? I have a, I'm a plaintiff in a, uh, in a case against an employee, former, uh, someone that I worked for formally for three and a half years that didn't actually pay me. Mm, uh. 
Mm. And they left me uh, with no money, Mm -hmm. a non-working vehicle, and put me in uh, pretty heavy distress over it. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I can imagine. Well, because of of all the crazy people in that situation, I had to be the craziest for going along with that for so long, right? Well, you know, sometimes you get caught up in something and you you keep thinking that there's a sign, you know, kidding yourself, there's a sign that it's going to get better and then, you know, often it doesn't. All right, they dangled a carrot in front of me for a long time that he was going to will me the business. So that's (laughs) why I worked for so little. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, when I look at you, you and your energy and around uh, this particular court case, I would say that at the end of the day, you will succeed. You will get what is due you. Um, it's going to take longer than you think, though, because they're going to dilly-dally and, and drag it out longer than, um, <laughs> you know, humanly possible (laughs) they they already are even uh, Helen Keller can see through their strategy (laughs) but you have staying power which I love so you will prevail you will succeed what I would like you to do is go back over your documents because I think there are some gaps that you could fill in to make it a more complete story because when it comes down to the nitty-gritty it's better that you have everything even the nitty-gritty stuff documented down just for yourself so that when you do get queried you can immediately get pick up on small details and by this it could be simple as you know he, he called me up at, at 1 a.m that day when I was having my mum's birthday and he blah blah and abused me and you know it's all those little nitty-gritty things that to you don't seem really important or relevant to the case but they will be because it'll get brought up um for other reasons, like um, I'm making this up, like he might say, oh, no, I called you and, you know, in a timely fashion and blah, 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 and I, I was going to inform you that, um, you know, the check was in the mail. And whereas you'd be like, no, because that day you called me, I was with my family. In fact, I had two witnesses that were there with me at the time. You made me cry, blah, 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 so that couldn't possibly be the case. You know what I mean? It's those right. kind of tiny details that you need to... Uh, write it down so that you have it at your fingertips. And you, you've got the time to do it, so you may as well do as, as much of that nitty-gritty as you can because it will be very helpful for you later. Okay, that's a great I also th- point. I also think that in the end, you will get more than you had hoped for because by the time the, what do they call it, the judgment or whatever comes in, everyone's so just sick of this that you will get more than you think you deserve. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I, I'd hope. So, I I really don't want to, you know, go go to court with this. I I really don't want to go to trial with this. I I'd very much like to have them settle with me. Mm. Well, yeah. often you, uh, you think you're going to court, but in the end, you don't really go through with all the court. You know, it's okay. it's it's a game that they play. That's and right. even if you get step foot in the court, that doesn't mean that you have your day in court. You know, by the time they've you've gone to court, and then they have to have another, you know, delay for whatever. So I, I don't see that this is going to really be easy. It, it's, you've still got a way to go. Think more of you're righteous. There will be a righteous decision made over it, and that's all you need to know. That's all you need to worry about. And however it pans out is however it pans out. Wonderful. Okay, I appreciate the encouragement so much. 
Mm. It has been a wearying process, and I know that's the game. You're exactly right. That's the game they've played with me all along because they don't have a leg to stand on, so they just keep throwing up all these objections that are nonsensical, you know. Yeah, of course. Complain about me being a pro se litigant and what have you. So, but thank you so much. I um, I'm gonna have to make this a regular stop on my Monday morning to listen to you folks. <laughs> Amber, can you tell can you tell me your um your website again, please? Um, AndrewBartsis.com. A N D R A W B as in boy A R T Z I S dot com. Got it. I'll, I'll run over there shortly. Thank you so much. And, and, and the, you, you should show. really read the one for banking and government. Yeah, there's one for the divine masculine and feminine. And I think those will really help you. And here's a little suggestion. You might want to take all of your court papers because you just said you're a pro se litigant. That means you're engaging the system. You never want to give the system any of your own energy. So look at this as a, as a healing of a process, that your paperwork houses the body of your energy of manifestation. So when you're ever dealing with the court, you need to make sure you do a small little ritual that takes the energy, your energy, out of the paperwork and puts in karmic retribution. Oh, I love it. Okay. Really good. It'll oh. really change you. I have dealt a tremendous amount with pro se litigants that, that come to me because they're getting haunted by the courts. Yeah. And I've done a tremendous amount of shows on law and sovereignty, so I really understand how hard it is to operate in the pro se format. One word off, you're screwed. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for that encouragement, and I will, um, I will follow your instructions to the letter. Thank you so much. All right, Patricia, you have a great day. I will if you will. Okay. <laughs> we got a deal. Thanks. That was a fun call, Kathy. I know. What great energy she has. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, another thing, really, I suppose I should have mentioned, I'm sure Patricia will hear it um, when she listens to the show again, is when you have any documents, like letters written to you or, you know, hate mail, whatever it is, one quick and easy thing you can do to change your energy on it is to get the letter out, and it's best if there's a signature on that, and put a mirror onto that uh, signature so that it's a reflection. So basically you are just deflecting or reflecting back the energy that someone had put into that letter towards you. So you're not hurting anyone, you're just giving back what they sent to you. And one of the best things that I ever did was um, do something like this and then put it in a corner so you can't disturb it, leave it there for a month or two. And if you don't have a letter or a signature, a photo or, or whatever you can grab that you think someone is giving you this bad vibey energy towards you, put the mirror on, put it somewhere safe so you won't knock it over and just leave it and just notice how that energy really starts to dissipate that's coming towards you. It will have tremendous benefits out there. And that mm. goes for people that are sending you bills that you know you're never going to pay. It sends that energy right back to them. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, we've all had them. <laughs> and then for all that junk mail, I, I, I could suggest that a lot of people just gather over the, the regular junk mail that come. And, and get a little bit of a bigger mirror and start putting all that junk mail on that mirror for a period of one one month. Wow. So you visually will see how much junk mail is occupying and distracting you in your mailbox every day. 
Mm. And for that one month, you are sending it back to all of those senders that are, are sending you the propaganda of consumerism and materialism. Wow, I never thought of that. That's very good. Yeah, yeah that's why you keep around, isn't it? <laughs> I know. I mean, you know, the only mail you get is junk mail, right? <laughs> like, oh, excited for two seconds, like, oh, this is not mail. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to our, our next caller. 949, your name and where you're calling from? Uh, my name's Rick, and I'm calling from uh, South Jersey. Rick from South Jersey, welcome to the show. What kind of questions do you want to ask today? Um, well, just uh, the regular ones, I guess. Um, you know, where did I come from? Uh, why did I come here? And what am I supposed to be doing? And I also have another question about an invitation I've received. Okay. So just let me tune into your energies. What year were you born? Uh, 1962. Okay. So when I'm going to tune into your energies, I'm going to ask you to go, I'm going to go a little bit deeper, so I'm going to pull out something that I haven't done in a little while. What I want you to do is think of your first 10 minutes of your day. In that first first minute, first second minute, what were you doing? Were you rubbing your eyes? What was going on there? Tell me out loud. Give me like 10 or 20 first, seconds. First 10 minutes, I was probably um, making coffee and then hitting some news sites on the Internet. Okay. What about before the coffee when you're still in the bed? Oh. Um, yeah, I think I probably was rubbing my eyes. Can you think of anything else? Because there, there, there's something in your field that's right there that's... What I want to say is if you've looked at the sun and then you look away and there's like a blind spot or a, a light burned into your retina spot. Well, I have been doing some sun gazing in the morning. I did it this morning, but it wasn't right when I woke up. Okay. How were your eyes fully open in the sun gazing? Um, I was looking at it through my lashes and it's also kind of through a tree that's behind the house here. How, how, how long were you doing it for? About 30 seconds, just well, too long. Well, that, that energy has traveled back in time to your dreaming state, or your dreaming state is now affecting your future time. H have you experienced any, any kind of bowel issues in the last couple days? Um, not really. I, I, I've kind of, in the last three, four months, I've switched my diet up, and I had had no, terrible there, there, there's problems short, previous there's to some, that. Yeah, there's something short-term there. So I'm, I'm going it, to, and it has to do with your history. Um, the, every now and then when I read people, I, I see something that I haven't seen before. But there are 20,000 records in which I can call upon if I've ever seen it before in any of my other past lives or any of my other existences within those Akashic records. And what happened in that moment of you sun-gazing and what happened at that moment of that first 10 minutes where I'm trying to tune what was going on, something happened to you, the actual being. You, you changed. You, you, you are, you, to me, you are 100% changed. It is as if you, something inside you has been turned on. Like a whole genetic structure, absolutely everything. So your history, uh, to me, it's unfolding live right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm literally looking at information that I've never, never, never observed, and I can only correlate from all external, external source Akashic records. So at, at some point, your DNA skin suit was introduced to Earth 
before the creation of the Galactic Ascension Machine, before the first Lemurian timeline genocide, before the physical creation... Wow, this doesn't make sense. Before the physical creation of System 17. So... That sounds like it's going back quite a ways. Yeah, so I'm at the 17th generation of immigration into this universe. All right. The easiest way to describe this in the, sh in the, in the short term is our universe was created, and then at each level of its ever-expanding growth, it would open its doorways and, in, and have immigrations from other universes or other multiverses to come and exist within this space, to unfold some type of consciousness experiment that the universe was looking for. And in this state, it was still a non-free willed universe. So you came in from another universe, the third in the train of 17, um, arrived here and we're doing a non-free willed expression. And this would have been from about 2,600,000 years ago to about 1,100,000 years ago. So our universe went from non-free willed at completely the entire universe, which was much smaller than it is today. And one second it was non-free will, and then another second later, all DNA expressions and all consciousness expressions became 100% sovereign free will. It was just like the pendulum just switched to this, flipped to the other side. And we started with a series of programs that allowed us to understand the nature of universal chaos, which is to keep evolution in motion. And you took on this particular purpose of keeping evolution in motion, starting as a, as a let's just say it, an energy being that serviced celestial bodies and celestial minds, the, the things that were going to inviting the microsouls from other, other galaxies to come in and live in their places, um, you know, to fill the space for trees and grass and dogs and cats and all those things that wanted to come and learn what the new predator-prey network was going on here. So you found yourself like, like a director of a college, the best way I can describe it, of a university energy college. And you would just like give counsel to people. You need to go here. You need to go there. You need to go here. And this evolved into what we call the galactic oracles. So that, that's, that's you. You're one of those people that spent a billion years telling everybody where to go. And then eventually they just labeled you an oracle. And you continued this until... 91 million years ago where you found yourself dealing with Saturn. All right, now I'm going into an area that I have to be very careful for. You found yourself as an oracle dealing with Saturn as one of Saturn's master oracles. There was this big hubbub. You separated. Saturn abdicated his planet. You took back over. So it was a whole bunch of, of self-wars within each system. And it was a way Saturn was actually using your oracle ability to filter out those that were going to challenge him in an ancient future time. He eliminated all of his people and then sent you on your way in your own sovereign free will because you had serviced something of the ancient future. Ooh, this is, this is crazy. Um, fuck. Yeah, it's a lot I, to take in. I, I, I have to kind of just slow this down here. Anyways, so what is it you do for a job? I'm a creative director. Creative director. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, you have a whole lot of creation in you, even more than I can even describe. And I think it would do you well 
to regularly spend time in, in the forest just to hear the sounds of creation in their own chaotic unfolding of, of sound and light. Yeah, I try to do that as often as I can. Um, I'm involved in martial arts training as well. I started that a few months ago and switched to... Uh, I, that is our, that is our music. Well, welcome back, everyone. Um, the irony of the system, I had a Mormon knock on my door to, right as the, the, we went off the air for it and came back. <laughs> you wouldn't read about it. <laughs> Call, caller, are you there? So, uh, if, again, what happened there is when, when I get exposed to something new, it, it, is, it, it is because you lived in a place that uh, essentially I didn't live in. What makes the particular skill that I do special is I, I discovered when I was nine years old at a baseball game that I had an awareness that that was that was unworldly and in, in any expression it everything was there um, and since that time I've understood that each one is an acacia record world. When you called and I connected to you, it immediately whatever had happened in that sun gazing moment, whether you know it about it or not, it something happened and changed you. And you now had, let's just say, an entire 25 Acacia records that I'd never seen before. So there it's is... strange. When I was doing the sun gazing, I, I saw this long green tail come out of the sun towards me. And I didn't really think anything of it. I'd never seen anything happen before, but I just thought it was a trick of my eyes. Well, I'm not saying it was a trick of your eyes. I mean, you, you connected to something that as a light body has changed the total density of your being. Uh, any of my longtime listeners have, have never heard me do this. And to me, it, you have no idea how, impress, uh, how impressive this is. I have lots of private callers that, that, I, that I've had. This, this is beyond unusual. So as a creative director, wh what is it that you do in your nuts and bolts of your job? Because I, I think whatever your change is, you probably have either big money coming to you or a project that's going to really change the whole world? Well, I don't want to be doing what I'm doing anymore. I, I design marketing programs for pharmaceutical companies, and that's part of the reason why I was calling. I just don't feel like I can do this. I'm very good at it, and I, I don't think it's helping. You know? All right, I want to bring Kathy in here because she has a, the, the, the knack when it comes to business and jobs. Um, so, Rick, before I continue with that, can you tell me what was your question about the invitation? I've gotten um, a couple of, uh, I've been approached twice, or actually three times now, by somebody inviting me to become involved with, uh, let's just call it a temple, because I don't have all the information, and I, I'm very suspicious of it, and I, I don't think I, I want to give my energy to that. I'm sorry, they, they were invi inviting you to go to a, a a temple just to check it out, or I didn't quite no, understand. No, they were looking for certain people to become uh, members of an offshoot of some sort of Masonic society, and I just don't think I'm Oh, okay. Okay, I understand, I understand. Uh-huh, okay. 
I ask you that question before I answer your other one because it just seems to jump out at me, but it kind of makes sense now. All right, to to go back to your um, career and the marketing of the pharmaceutical stuff, I think one of the reasons that you find it very difficult to gel with is because to you, you feel more like you're just um, panhandling. It, it's not, you know, not that everyone can do the good work with their life, but you feel like it's, um, what's the word? It means it feels to an like end. I'm selling out, and I've been doing it for about 20 years now. And yeah, I make a lot of money, and I hate it. Doesn't wake you up in the morning feeling invigorated, and <laughs> um, but when I I look at what you have been doing with your life and where you're going with it, I would say that you will stay within your marketing realm for a while, anyway. Um, I do think there will be a change that's coming up for you because I, I can see, and I don't want to use the word bored, but, you know, it's just not invigorating. <clears throat> it doesn't um, get you out of bed in the challenge. morning. <clears throat> well, I don't know. I, I don't know that there'd be, I'd say there's no challenge. It's just not that, uh, you know, you don't, you don't think, wow, yeah, I've achieved something. You think, oh, yeah, so they bought it. Yeah, great. Client was happy. <laughs> No, I used to feel that way at the beginning of my career, and I, I, I don't feel that way about it anymore. Well, I think a lot of it is that you've changed. Um, you know, you've grown, you, you've seen stuff, and, and now you also have that skill where you're completely capable of doing what you do, you know, at minimum effort. You, you could do, put 50% effort in and produce the same work that it would have taken you 100%, you know, eight years ago. Uh, so that's one thing that is kind of disheartening for you. But to go back to the change that I think is coming up, I think you'll find by the end of the year, at the latest start of next year, that you'll, um, you would consider it jumping ship. I would just say changing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you, you would consider it jumping ship because you're going to take on something that is unusual and, um, what is the word, uh, uh, risky. Like, You've got a certain income now. You can rely upon a certain amount of money that's coming in. So there's that steadiness and then there's that security that comes with it. What you're about to embark on is something that is a very unknown. It could be great. It could be not good. You just don't know. So you don't have the same um, expectations or the same security that you'll have with it. But the interest level is extremely high. You would have to think way beyond the borders of what you're doing now. Um, and the reason that you'll come up uh, and find this kind of thing is someone will introduce it to you, not because you're, you're going out and looking and putting your CV out and stuff like that. No, it is because someone said, you know what, I need to do this. I need someone that can help me get the message out. And you'll be like, you know what, in fact, I probably could do that for you. And that's the kind of scenario that's going to happen um, what I'll tell you about this is it will be fantastic for your awakening of your own self. Not necessarily a spiritual awakening, but waking up. Your brain wakes up, your creativity wakes up, and when everything inside you as a core being starts to wake up, suddenly all your other you know, creative ideas and juices and everything will flow as well. It's almost like you need to do one thing to kickstart everything else going because you're you're more like just stuck in a continuous circle right now. Did I explain That's that well? I'm stuck. 
Well, it it feels like that. It's just that you're at a point where you don't know what to do because the opportunity has not presented itself. Until you get that really, you know, inspiring, awesome, wow, I could do that, it's really difficult to visualize what else you could do that will give you what you need. So I'd say just be patient, keep your eyes and ears open and wait and see what unravels because you will find when it comes to that, you're about to embark on something that is super exciting. And not only is that exciting, it kickstarts other things in your life, which is also very exciting. So if you need to rest, I would rest now. <laughs> yeah, you got your Charlie and the Chocolate, Charlie the Chocolate Factory golden ticket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and then to answer your other question about the invitation, I think one of the reasons it's been difficult for you um, to accept these ideas is that it's really not for you. Whatever they're inviting you to, I mean, they mean well, uh, they have good intentions, but whatever the core content is, it just doesn't resonate well with you because it's just like, mm, it, it's like, you know, men are from Mars or men are from Venus or the other way around, I forget. You're just speaking two different languages. So I wouldn't say it's bad or um, evil or anything, just not for you. So I definitely would just let it go, um, politely fob them off and do something else. Uh, that's basically what I decided. I, I don't think, I mean, I, they, they'd say their, their goals are laudable and all, but I just have this feeling it's not for me. Yeah, you know, like I wouldn't even invest any more time listening about it. I just politely fob well, them they, off. They keep reaching out, and I, I'll I just need to ignore it. I think <laughs> moths to the flame. <laughs> yeah. You are the flame. That's why. So, in your job, do you do you do you like have a team of people that work for you? Um, I have in the past when I was. Um, you know, operating in a kind of larger environment. Um, and the work I'm doing now, it's kind of a, a virtual environment. And uh, I have support staff that I can access, but they're not technically part of my team. They're, you know, part of this division that I'm associated with. Okay, so your your work in front of the computer is 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 it is it you know video editing? Is it create? Is it the raw creativeness? It's, coming up with the ideas. You know, to I, I get a brief with a series of, you know, problems to be solved, and okay. I come up with a concept, and I come up with a plan, and then I come up with the tactics to implement the plan. Right, and then you you, you then give it to the next team who puts it off to, do, to be done. They, they, they produce it all. I, I basically do the heavy lifting in terms of coming up with something that's provable by regulatory and that, you know, addresses right, right. The, the This is the key. Have, have you ever seen yourself writing your own book? I've finished my own book, actually. I'm about to do my final edit. And I've also been involved with, uh, um, you know, piano and keyboards. And I've been thinking, you know, should I be doing music or should I put more effort into the book or should I put more effort into my career? Or, hey, how finished really is the book? Uh, the book is, well, the the. The first half is done. I have to do the polish um, okay. um, and do some editing. Uh, and it's probably some rewrites. So I have the story down and the structure. And what is down the book about? Um, it's 
young adult fiction is called The Coyote Twins. It's uh, about um, these kids. It's kind of mostly based on my kids that uh, kind of have to save the world. Okay. There's, so uh, how, how long is it? Right now it's about uh, 65,000 words. I've probably got to get it down to about 40,000. Um, it's, it's kind of, it starts out with their, you know, it, it's multi-generational. It has to do with, um, you know, work that was done in Amarna in 1907, um, the Manhattan Project in the, the 40s, and then these kids mm-hmm. are born um, in the 90s. And um, one of them is the Pahana, bringer of the fifth world, and um, they have to save the world, essentially. But it's because of their families and how how connected they were going back through the ages. Very very cool. Uh, I I think you are you are at a, a a stage where you have to look at your creations and how creative you are, and how much information you can give. Let's say it is a an editor or a let's say an agent. My experience with the book industry, it's generally difficult to get into any any kind of fiction or science fiction or, or any of that expression unless your agent's going to do the marketing. You are the marketing person. You can come with your own marketing plan for that book. And there's a lot that you could do on your own. There are tools out there where you can master manage all of your own, you know, corporate advertising literally. Yeah, I looked into create space, and I created art. No, beyond that, like the stuff that the stuff that's meant to sell books and products, so it it gets you labeled in bigger places. Actually, putting your own advertising dollars into the industry for it to pay you back. You know the statistics, right? You know how Mm -hmm. to make and solve your own problems. How would you market your own book if somebody handed you your sheets? Um. I, I would probably put uh, and place or pay people to place um, reviews at literary sites, and I direct people to a site that promotes the book, which also has um, chapters available for download, and I do a direct marketing thing from the site where they can purchase an ebook directly. There you go. Now, I've already mm-hmm. got that plan in place. I mean, it, it's what I would, it, I thought of that before I thought of the book. Right, because it's natural for you. Because yeah. you saw you saw potential to use your skills for yourself alone. And you chose a story that was about to help the world. Yeah, there's a bit of psychology there. There you go. So within that psychology, I think you need to try to finish that book. You've got the marketing in place. You've got a job where you can self-fund your own marketing. You can make videos, you can do the classic marketing of it, have an author review of the book, live webinar, the whole nine yards. Same thing everyone else does to release a product. You can do it for free on YouTube Hangouts, just like I do. I finished the story about a year ago, and I've just been sitting on it ever since. Um, I don't know why I I haven't come back to it. Um, The time is now, and the power is you. Kathy, do you want to make any comments about the book? I really like the book. I I can see the procrastination around it. Um, I would say, to me, 
The book doesn't look finished. That's why you're procrastinating. I know you think it's finished, but you're just not quite happy with it. It's like you're making a cake and you didn't put the icing on. That's kind of what it's missing. And the icing is what makes you think it works better. To me, I look at your energy and I look at a book and I think that you think that it doesn't flow in the right way. I and Andrew probably would read it and think, oh, yeah, that's great. But you, you're a perfectionist. So you need certain things to flow for you to be happy with your end product. So I'd go back over your product, make all the tweaks that you need to make, that you think you need to make. Stop with the procrastinating. Definitely, I agree with Andrew, you should market it. Um, you should get it out there. But to do that... It's a big leap of faith for yourself, about yourself. And that's something that you really have to um, reconcile well, your own feelings with. I, I wrote it originally to read to my kids each chapter when they would come twice a month for their visitations. And that was kind of really precious to me. And I wrote it for that, and they've been encouraging me to, to market it, and I've been reluctant to do that. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you haven't put your whole energy into it. You don't think you have. You need to put the icing on the cake. Once the icing's on the cake, it's ready to sell. And one more thing. When when you get the, the, the doc that says to do this, you are now finding yourself in your client situation of having to trust someone, right? Yeah. In the industry. This is as much as a gift in the industry because you do know it. It's a difficult step to make. Yeah. A leap of faith. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the So th there, there's something else that I that I want I want to bring up. So, have you had any health issues? Um. Well, I I changed my diet and um, kind of went uh, clean food. I I. I cook everything myself. I eat mostly fruits and vegetables and about 50% raw because I, I was having a lot of inflammation issues with, you know, my lungs, with my bowels, and you, you, know, you name it. And I've really um, kind of eliminated those symptoms ever since doing that. So I, I would say as of, you know, five or six months ago, yeah, I was having a lot of problems in just about every way you can imagine. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm going to be 54 this year. But um, within the last three or four months, I've been feeling really good. Um, and I joined a, a dojo, and I'm involved in Aikido now, and um, going out and getting a lot of exercise. I've lost about 70 pounds in the last Very year. Very good. Very good. You see, you're changing. You are changing. All that work's paying yeah. off. I've, I've changed a lot in the last year. It's Looking back, it's been a pretty incredible year in terms of metamorphosis. I think it's time that you unwrap that gift and really look at what you've written as the marketing perspective and then switch gears and finish it as the writer. Well, all the marketing advice. You know, if there's any other writers out there, they could tell you how hard it is to get the marketing done for a book. Because if you just take a book to an agent, they don't, they don't care at all. But if you come with your own marketing plan, you'll be able to get on the big bookshelves for those stores that still exist, or at least get the internet marketing instead of you having to pay it. But then again, you could self-fund it. You could even purchase email lists that are already from other, other brokers. You know the tools. 
Yeah, the, the marketing part of it I, I'm comfortable with in terms of, uh, you know, even direct marketing. I, I feel like right. I could do that without even involving a publisher. Right. I, I just feel like it was my gift to the kids, and I'm, I was a little... It's still your gift to the kids. It's going to fund your next layer of adventure so you can write the next one. Oh. I didn't think about it from that perspective. Well, I think it's time that you, you think that way. Again, I was surprised by your energy right away, and it took me quite quite some time. How long have you listened to me? Um, I first came across you on the Internet about six months ago. Um, maybe not quite that long. And I went, you know, I, I found your stuff on YouTube, and I listened to all the shows on YouTube, and then I, of course, found your website. I even called to Nosh and, and tried to do a private reading, but um, I'm, you know, I'm just—I've got so many obligations, uh, you know, with the divorce and the child support and college tuition and everything else that I wasn't in a position to be able to afford a reading at the time. Mm -hmm. Well, here you are now. Yep. No, and this is that was Tanasha's advice. Just keep calling; yeah. you'll get through. I believe you. I believe in you. He was right. And he was right. <laughs> Tanak is always right. <laughs> he is always right. <laughs> So, did you have any other questions you want to ask? Um, no, those were there. You've answered them all, and I, I just can't tell you um, how grateful I am for Tanasha's advice and, and for listening to it, and for you guys, um, you know, taking the time to, to tune in to what's going on with me and, and give me some advice. And I, I really, really appreciate it. You know, man, you are going to have an incredible time ahead of you. Take some time to rest. Plot and plan the strategy. Refamiliarize yourself with what actually needs to be edited. Make a punch list. Accomplish it, and and let the roller coaster ride begin. Sounds like a plan. All right, brother. You take it easy and have a really good day. Thank you both. You too. Bye now. Wow. Wow. Exactly. Double wow. <laughs> That's a wower. <laughs> What an amazing guy. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Not often that I get blindsided by energy like that. And in a good way too. Mm. You know, you know, when when I was explaining before, you know, how I how I function and do this and when something new gets added, it changes the not the intent or meaning of the story, but it adds whole new layers of other perspectives. Mm. When I connected to him to the part of Saturn, it, it, it connected to a piece to me, and then ultimately the invitation was from what? A Masonic order? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At a time of great change, just after the summer, the, 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 the spring equinox, we're right in the midst of the spring equinox, he calls. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, uh, I wasn't sure I heard it right the first time <laughs> to ask him. <laughs> What are the odds, right? Exactly. What are the odds? Yeah. yeah. And that's why we do these live calls, Kathy. That's why mm. we do them. That's true. That's true. And, you know, the stuff that you were saying about him was amazing. Just, you know, and then you being able to access another 25 new records. I mean, how often does that happen for you? I mean, these days that must be very rare, isn't it? It's pretty rare. I mean, um, Generally, I, I say it's twenty thousand. It's actually like twenty thousand one hundred, but it, it's it's easy to not give a count. But that's yeah, that's what I started at, and 
in in to have this many in one, usually it's like I'll have a private caller and I'll, I'll get introduced to a void space that has its own Acacia record separate of our universe, but still entangled with our universe. Or I'll find something similar to that that's outside of a frequency of time that's in, in between some other forms of existence that has its own Acacia record. And they keep adding the picture and the perspective and the picture and their perspective. And what it means is I've lived there also. So mm -hmm. it is a whole new layer of my stream of consciousness. Mm. Okay? A whole new perspective that does it change the bigger concept? No, because it's still observed as sacred neutral, as an unentangled observer. Mm. So it finishes, it's just like the person finishing a story. You know, mm -hmm. 60,000 words. You know, mm. if it's a 100,000 word story, that's like, you know, or a 110,000 word story, it's like a 400 page book. <laughs> right. oh, that's a very good way to look at it <laughs> and that's the volume of information that I was reading off of them like like volumes upon volumes upon volumes but it all made sense because I had so many other perspectives that already saw this in, mm. from their own perspective but it adds to the bigger network of why Saturn was doing what it was doing it was eliminating his competition before the, the, the free will, the non, we were in a non-free world universe, it was eliminating its competition secretly. And it, when it became a free, world, a free world universe, it didn't have any competition to go and do whatever it wanted. Mm -hmm. uh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, well, for me, it's, it, was, it, was, it was huge. <laughs> so we are going to be coming to our music here in just a minute. Yeah, well... I'm going to take this opportunity to talk about, for those of you that are interested in a private session and that want to go deeper with your questions with either Andrew or myself, go ahead and call the office now at 360-894-0692 and they will be happy to answer any questions that you have. Again, the number for a one-on-one -on -one session with Andrew or myself is country code 1 for America, then 360-894-0692. And we want to remind everyone, Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com is listener-supported. So if you enjoy this corporate-free radio, please stop on by that site support button. And there is our music, and we'll be back after the top of the hour, and we will continue with callers. And welcome back, everyone. Kathy, how you doing? I'm good. It's really turning out to be a fabulous day. Yeah, you know, so we're going to see who the next Wheel of Callers is. 815, your name and where you're calling from? Hi, Amanda from Illinois. Amanda from Illinois. How you doing today? Good, good. Um, I called you guys a couple months ago, and uh, we had talked about my dad. He was kind of in the ICU and stuff. Uh-huh. And I was just wondering if I was able to get, like, you know, one of your kind of the readings that you would do, you know, like who your kids are, that kind of stuff, what my purpose sure, is. Sure. And so what, what else did we talk about in the, in the other session? Um, my dad has, like, the dementia, and um, he was in the ICU for a week or two, and now he was in the nursing home, um, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. You know, I had some issues with letting him go and all that. Okay. And how, how, how is it going now? Um, he's going to a couple of different nursing homes. He is getting better. I mean, part of me thinks a lot of it was kind of caused by his bad nutrition, maybe. I don't know. Uh-huh. 
I'm kind of thinking very positively, like, oh, but he'll be cured, you know? So I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> okay. Just so so you want to know, like, your galactic origins and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I also, since I've had the ascension, I actually see, like, kind of diamond sparkles around me. Um, I see purple, I don't know, blobs occasionally. But it just, I haven't progressed. You know, I think I might have some vaccine damage or something, and I just don't know you know, why or, no, I feel stuck or something. I don't know. I'll be, I'll be blunt with you. There, there's something in your resolve about the ascension. There's a part of you that absolutely 100% believes it and another part of you that absolutely 100% doesn't believe it's going to happen. Okay. And okay. I think you came into life with this built into you. And I think that it was something that you gave yourself as a, as a, let's just say, ultimate challenge of the self, the power of belief. And what it may require is for you to let go of the side that doesn't want to believe in hope, that doesn't want to believe in change, that's still afraid that the next day the taxes are going to become come calling, the next day that, you know, it's going to go on and all the, the darkness that's been projected upon us for millions of years is going to come true. This is soul trauma example. Yeah. Okay. So this is what I, what for you is the specific separation of densities. So let me talk about your your past histories and why you are kind of in this scenario right now. So I'm gonna go ancient, ancient, ancient. I'm gonna go 37 million years ago. At this time, you were not living on Earth, but you had a shard of yourself here, and that shard came to learn war. You were a um, free-willed species in the Nebulan galaxy, which is quite a bit of ways away. Um, and you were part of one of the galaxy's elected species to come and send soul shards to learn what war was. At that time, Lemuria had its first destruction, had its rays back up, and it was about to experience its second massive, massive war that would have turned the Lemurians from the great good of the universe to the ultimate evil of the universe. So you got in right at that time as a species that had, in your Akashic record, never had war ever in your expression. Along with your galaxy, several thousand other species came here. They came here to learn war. You spent two and a half million years here as part of the Rift Wars, which was what we are experiencing now, the remnants of what survived the timeline in Rift Wars, such as the Philadelphia Experiment, such as the Manhattan Project. Those were the ending dates of the original rips and rifts in time. And one of your soul shards that was here on an extended process got pulled through that rift. And I believe that is what attached to you in this lifetime, was the final resolve of you coming here to learn war, how much that it would change your other species, and that this soul shard believes that if it stays here to the end, it will save its species from having to have learned of war. Oh. Wow. <laughs> how has war affected you this lifetime? How has war? Yeah. Um, my dad was in the Vietnam War, so I do have a lot of I guess bad feelings about it. Right. You know, I feel like it kind of 
you know, really hurt him as a human because none of his brothers were in it, just him. Right. And how has it hurt you? Um, I, well, I think all his PTSD that just trickled down on his children, his whole life, you know, just everything. So, yeah, pretty pretty huge. And then to watch him as a veteran just kind of suffer also, mm-hmm. you know, pack. So I want to bring Kathy in here for a second and, and, and just talk to you about what's going on in your life. Okay. Hi, Amanda. Hi. When I look at your energy, um, I would say that to me it's like there's still a lot of um, confusion uh, with, you know, with your dad and everything. I know you said it was getting more sorted out and everything. Um, but what I want to say to you about that is that it would take some time for things to settle down. So don't be mm-hmm. disheartened. Um, Certainly, I think you're right in that his nutrition is slightly better, uh, so that has made a difference. But I don't know that you'll be looking at something that, you know, is a full recovery, but you certainly will be seeing an improvement over the next four to five months. So that will be like a a weight off your shoulders. Yeah. yeah. You know, like... I know, you know, logically we say, you know, we've reconciled, it's okay and that, but the some deep part of our emotion is is still, you know, got that dark side that you're like, oh, <laughs> it's very, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's a difficult one to handle and especially with a parent. So just know that there will be some improvement. Try not to agonize or worry about it in those dark yeah. moments when you think about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and one thing that you probably need to look like step back from the situation a little bit and look at is, you know, overall he's pretty, you know, happy as as happy as one can be in his situation. You know, I'm not going to say he's is you know dancing on the rooftops, but yeah, he he's not in as much um, trauma or suffering as you might think. So okay. it's. It's the sort of thing you can only see if you step back and try not to focus on all the little things. It's hard, but it's rewarding nonetheless to try. Yeah, yeah, give them that space, yeah. Well, and give yourself some space over it too. You know, as even though it's a parent, you, you know, they have their own life. You're not responsible for everything. You can't take on the weight of the world. yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. And, and that's a difficult thing. Um, and I look at your life now, and to me, it's like you've got a lot of stuff going on. Are you considering moving or a change of some type? I, just, I mean, I'm not sure. Like, we had some issues with our house where we weren't able to pay our um, taxes, so we actually have someone else who did pay them. Um, mm-hmm. So we're just paying them back, but I'm not really sure if that person, we're kind of at their you know, will, I guess you could say. Right. Yeah. I get you. It's like there is no such thing as a free ride, right? (laughs) It sucks to be at the mercy of other people in situations like that. Um, But, you know, I do see a change coming up for you. So to me, I would say if you haven't considered it yet, you probably will consider moving, um, a change of location. And I think the move would be a great thing. It really would be a great thing because where you are now, there are a lot of problems that come with it. 
um, a lot of little nitty-gritty. I mean, we forget about the tax issue. To me, there's a lot of little nitty-gritty problems that are associated with it. So a change of venue, a change of scenery actually would do you the world of good. So when that opportunity does come up, really consider it more seriously because the sooner you can decide upon something, the sooner you can have a more harmonious life. (laughs) Absolutely. Although nobody wants to move, you know. (laughs) Now I'm thinking about it too that I just, I've kind of been more aware that I'm really not that like happy here. Like, you know, and I know you can't move away from all your problems, but you know, I just, you can't move from your problems, but you can have a change of scenery. Which yeah, makes all the difference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's definitely how I feel. Yeah. 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 And when I, I look at the, your, your house and where you are now and for this year, I'd say the energy is really not super fantastic for you. So you, you'll this year and probably next year, you'll always find that things that should run smoothly always seem to have problems. And, you know, it's like, you think, this is just unreal. You know, what are the odds that this would happen? It's just so annoying. Um, yeah. And a lot of that is, you know, f- from my outlook, it's like you look at it on a feng shui perspective, the house itself has issues for you these few years. So no matter what you do, you're always going to have these issues. So yeah. that's the one thing to consider about it. But then it also helps you understand why things are going on for you the way they are this year. It's like, you know what? this is the way this year is panning out. This pesky monkey year and me in this place, we're just not gelling so well. So when I make plans, I just need to make backup plans and maybe a third backup plan just so that I'm covered. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And is it you have a son, a young boy? Is it one son? Mm -hmm. Uh, I look at the... A young boy's energy, and I think that this year he'll be a little bit fraught with some minor health problems. Nothing to worry about, um, just something that he has to go through. So don't panic that this is a, a trend with him. But at the same time, even though he is going to have some health issues that are coming up, you will find that he does very well at school. Then he gets very what? Good? He does very well at anything academic. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I have. A, I got a little girl, and then I have my son is three years old. Mm-hmm. Well, you will find that even at three, I don't know what kind of things that they would do that you would see, you know, like competitions. So, <laughs> I'm not very familiar with young kids, but <laughs> you, will, you will see that he, he does well, and you'll yeah. be proud of him. Uh, yeah. And to me, it's like it's the, the use of the brain. It's not necessarily like just a, a pretty picture you know, that gets posted up. He, he does yeah. something with his brain that's a, that's associated with a ki- academia that he will be recognized for. So that's a fabulous thing for a parent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's very smart too. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, Sorry. good. <laughs> that, that will come in handy later when he's arguing you, with you when he's older. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Is there another topic you would like to look at? Um, you know, before he was born, I kept getting, like, aquamarine color and giraffes, and I just didn't know, is that just some weird, you know, mom thing, or did it mean anything? Like, you know, did I, like, my kids, do I know them before from somewhere, or? 
when you say aquamarine, do you mean the color or the crystal or both? Um, like the color mostly. Like I even painted his room like this crazy like sea green aquamarine, you know, mm. just bright, crazy color. I just didn't know. Well, to me, I, I think you will find when he looks at that color, it's very calming for him. Like he loves water. Um, he probably hasn't discovered that yet. But lake, ocean, anything with water, with waves, with reflections, he will love it and it calms him. Um, as he gets older, you will find that he will always choose those kind of places to relax or to contemplate. Okay. Okay. Yeah, um, I get my beach too. <laughs> giraffes. Um, Honestly, I'm not gelling with the giraffes. Uh, possibly Andrew can give you an answer over that one. Um, <laughs> that, that, that is that is mommy's taste of art. <laughs> okay, that's mommy. <laughs> what books were you reading at the time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they had like the biggest heart or something like that too of the animal kingdom. So maybe that's just like a mom love thing. I don't know. Yeah, you're symbolizing. You're imprinting with the goodness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, how old is your son now? Um, he'll be four this summer. He'll be four this summer. So, you have lived with him many times before. The last time that you and him were in the same family, you were the older sister, and he was the youngest brother in the family of seven. So, he wow. was the youngest. And it was uh, 1882. 1880 is when he would have been born and you would have already been a teenager then. And he was one of the first people to actually like be a car driver for a very rich family. Mm-hmm. And everyone was very proud of him um, because he was, you know, the first family person that drove a car. Yeah. Um, World War One happened and then there's not much more there. But before that, there's um, quite a few lifetimes where he was your son or he, you were his daughter or vice versa, or you were married and having children. Oh, okay. Yeah, quite, quite a few scenarios. And most of those would have been Quaker lifetimes, um, early Quaker lifetimes, so going into the 1700s and 1600s and 1500s, and then Quakers, and before that it would have been um, Leeds, London, that area, lots of lifetimes there, lots of reincarnation grid there. Um, so that's where many, many, many of the lifetimes took place of your, your connection to him. Okay. Okay. Huh? So did you understand what I was saying before about your galactic history? Um, yeah, about the, how war was really, yeah. you know, you're trying to be, yeah. So inside you, you experienced through your father the traumas of war because you absorbed everything that he ever experienced and it's still in your field. You just don't realize it. Yeah. Probably like some weird empathic stuff I've noticed too. Yeah. And this is where you have to begin breaking contracts, vows, and agreements with war. You're not breaking it with your father. You're breaking the agreement of passing on the trauma so that it does not go to another generation. And I think if you take that perspective and become a little poetical with it, you will assist that soul shard that's inside you right now that doesn't that doesn't that you know believes the next war is going to come and the next destruction is going to come. Okay. 
and I think you will as you start to empower that 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 side that that energy that that there is change in this world that there is goodness in this world you will find yourself having even more energy and even more spark to go forward okay definitely okay. research a shamanic life expression it will really help you deal with that energy okay yeah, I do kind of sage and all that, and I've kind of tried to embrace a lot of that as you much gotta, as I can. You've got to take it to the next level now and figure out how to incorporate it more into your daily life. Okay. 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 Any other questions you want to ask? Um, you know, I, with the Ascension, I just I started seeing, like, stuff in my visual 3D world, but I just can't make the, like, the brain connection. You know, like hearing, like once in a while I'll get like images, but it's draw? just, do I draw? Yeah. Not so much lately. I mean, you know, I try to automate. Why don't you try this as a regular practice for the next couple weeks that you have a doodly pad in you and when you want to begin to have internal communication, you doodle something and then you repeat into your mind, I'm clearing my frequency to have higher self-communication. And this form of doodling will allow the, the first trickle of higher self-energy to come in through the doodling. And the doodling can be words. It can be all sorts of little things. There are no rules to it. But you make sure that it's sacred doodling so that your mind can begin to train the hand and the tra hand can train the mind to slow the information down so you can begin to perceive it. Okay, let's do that. And I just had one other thing. Um, you know, I used to work in Chicago, and when I was there, I was in, like, a parking garage kind of by the river. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't breathe all of a sudden. This was a few years back, and, um, you know, Ghost. I felt like crying and all that, so I had to leave. And then I found out a couple years later that there was, like, a huge boat that sank actually 100 years to the day my daughter was born. And I just, you know, I didn't know, like, I think, I forget what it was called, but it was like a big boat, like yeah. 900 people died or something. Was yeah. there any, did or I have ghost. anything with it? Was it just something I felt? That's something you felt from the ghosts. Okay, so they were all still hanging there and just. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's not very many people that can go and cross over 900 ghosts. Yeah, where they. Maybe a handful of people in the whole city of Chicago that, that, have, that, that could have that capability. That's that's again. These cities are are meant to be like that. Oh, sorry. Well, there are parts there are parts of New York City where there are more ghosts than humans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they have their own society, their own exchange of energy, their own way of working. And when you find yourself entangled to those moments, it's where you have to remain sovereign. Yeah. You have to have that sovereign internal voice that brings the bravado of self-protection forward, that does not allow the subtle exchange of energy with beings who are in the astral world and not passing over. They are not okay. a part of your predator-prey network. So are all those people still, like, stuck there or something, or they just wanted to, like, say this, hi or something? Th no, this is how the reincarnation grid works. Instead of you being in an astral city with all of your ancestors, you're stuck in an astral city on the surface world, overlaid with the surface world, with all the sacred geometry symbols and, and energy there keeping you stuck there. Until somebody 
um, decides to have a baby in the reincarnation scenario because that's their spiritual contracts, and then poof, you have like a half a second life review and you're back into a body. Oh, okay. Because sometimes I feel like if there's ghosts somewhere that I should, that I like should call upon Jesus and ask him to take them with him. But I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say that or think that, you know? No, that's you remaining in power and being of service. But there are other words beyond beyond just the invocation of Jesus that you should do. That's call upon the higher service of God itself, the source of the universe itself, all galaxies, time streams, every angelic being of light that is in existence and in co-creation with me. All right, that is our music. We will be back right after the music for our next caller. Thank you so much, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. Kathy, we've had some special callers today. I know. Such a wide variety as well. Very interesting. So we have our next wheel of caller, the Skype. The Smiths, are you there? Hi, yes. This is Karen Smith. Hi, Karen. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Texas. Welcome to the show. What kind of questions do you want to ask? Well... Um, I'm the host of Radio Free South Africa, and I work with the dispossessed whites in South Africa who are undergoing a genocide there. And I've been, I'm taking part in two um, very different projects in South Africa at the moment. But my time, my energy, and my health are very limited. And I'd be very glad if you could tell me which or both of these I should be directing my energy to. Okay, so what's going on with your health? Um, I, I have uh, serious spinal problems. I have 12 vertebrae which were damaged um, in a motor accident. And uh, they give me drip. They really, really give me a hard time. Okay. How long ago was the accident? Three years. Four years. Four years. All right, so let me tune in. Are they recommending surgery? Yes. And you do not want to have surgery? Not really, no. Do they want to we've put been, a cage? We've been tapping for it, though. Um, Patricia, mm-hmm. a friend of mine, has been, we've been tapping. Okay. Ta- tapping will, will only deal with the immediate energies. You're having um, overload on your synaptic nerve endings from the amount of pain that you're going through. So pain management is is going to ultimately determine how you're going to have quality of life to determine if you're going to continue any of these projects or not because it's going to be very difficult for you to go on with the next level of pain that's coming because Mm. specifically the fascia around your spinal column are also still damaged from the car accident. They have never actually let down. This is where a cranial sacral therapist, um, I have worked with many people in motorcycle accidents who have had many damaged vertebrae. Um, recently, a, a very close friend with a, a broken C6 and C7. So there are ways for you to take care of your spinal energy so you have quality of life returned. And the most important thing for you to understand is you have to start lowering the amount of of, of energy that's going into the synaptic nerves from pain firing. Um, have you ever heard of cranial sacral therapy? No, no. I go to the chiropractor once a week 
and uh, they they kind of have reached the limit of what they can do. They can no but longer must... do anything else. So cranial sacral therapy is an energy work that realigns the spinal column from allowing the sacronella to the left and right of the sacrum to begin pumping what's known as a cranial pulse. They'll hold their hand in a specific area, and that area will warm up, and once it warms up, it creates a distal pulse in the tailbone. Once there's a distal pulse in the tailbone, it will start to fluctuate the muscles that are around the tailbone to begin moving cranial fluid that's stored in the sacronella there. And this is why your back problems have become so detrimental and there's no one else that can do much to you. Until you start pumping cranial fluid and start taking the pressure off the actual electrical synapsing firing, um, you know, it's like dry fire electricity. You need that cranial fluid there to reduce the amount of energy going through the synapses. Got that. Okay, so... so where, would I, where would I find a person who could so, do that for me? So what you can do is, is contact the Upledger Institute. It's upledger.com, U-P-L-E-D-G-E-R. And okay. there's a resource there that will send a cranial sacral therapist specifically to you. Great. Thank okay. you very much for that. And you're going to want somebody that has, the, that has full myofascial release. And what myofascial release is, the, all of your muscles and all of your ligaments, they each have this individual bundle of, 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 of stringy flesh stuff around it. And that's known as your fascia. And that is so tight that it's not allowing the muscles to open up and release fluid. This has created also energy cysts where that fluid is full of cranial energy in the synapses but doesn't have cranial fluid to transfer it to the rest of the muscular structure. Got it. Got it. Okay, so what what else has been going on with your health? Obviously, you've had, you've had the you've had you know with that level of pain, it's 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 affected other levels. Oh well, I have migraines, and I I I, I drag one leg, and my my hands are, they just stop working. So I could be holding something quite quite well, and I'll drop it. Okay. Um, I want to bring Kathy. In. I want to bring Kathy in here for a second to continue the the on the medical perspective. Mm. You know, Karen, when I look at your energy, it it seems that you've got a blockages on a lot of different levels. Um, so even though you are experiencing a lot of pain with your back, um, do you find that sometimes you have like a numbness in the arm or fingers? Yes. I mean, I know you said holding something, sometimes it just um, goes numb. But, I mean, is it like a, a more consistent, tingly, numbing kind of thing? Yes. Yes. Because mm. um, one of the things that, that pops up to me is it also looks like your lymphatic, lymphatic system is not moving um, efficiently or fluidly, however they like to call it. Um, have you considered having some lymphatic drainage massage? Uh, no, I haven't done that. Because um, I think that will give you some more immediate relief. Because um, when your lymphatic system is not flowing uh, fluidly, you'll find that everything is stuck. Your energy is stuck. Everything inside your body is stuck because it is not flowing through. And it, it works, it doesn't really work off your heartbeat 
like your blood system. It's more of movement. So one thing that you can do for yourself, just a very basic thing, is you can massage the lymph nodes underneath your armpits. You know, like pretty much if you put your fingers inside your armpit and feel around in there, you have a lot of nodes in there uh, for both arms and then also around your groin area. You know, at the let's say at the top of your legs where you meet um, your body, there's the creases uh-huh. there. You have a lot there too. Yes. So you could just massage them yourself. Um, and, you know, if you don't, if you think, oh, I don't know how to massage, just get your fingers in there and rub around, maybe use some oil so it's a bit more relaxing for you. Um, and just try and get that systems kick-started a bit. Because when you have more flow in your body, you will find that everything else smooths out more and you have um, less things like tingly in your hands. Um, although for, for that thing, really, I do recommend, as Andrew did, the cranial sacral to really make a big difference. But at least the lymphatic drainage, you can do some yourself and it's something that you can get immediate relief from. Cool. I'm, also Thank look- you. I'm also looking, do you have like a tightness like... Um, in uh, what is that area called? Like between your breasts and when it joins your body, like your um, a diaphragm in that area in the center. Do you find that you get a tightness there sometimes? Um, occasionally, it's kind of a total breathlessness, you know. But I, I've always put that down to stress because I, I I work twelve to eighteen hours a day, and my day consists of looking at, at uh, who's been murdered today and the terrible stuff that's been done to them. So I've always put that down to stress. Mm. Well, certainly stress would be a big factor in in that feeling. But I also think it's something that you can actually make changes to yourself. Um, First thing, um, do you do anything like yoga? No, because my back won't let me at the moment. You know, I I have terrible difficulty moving. Mm. Okay. Um, What about breath work? Uh, which is, okay, let me, I'll cut it down simply. Why don't you try something like breath work? Um, And if you don't know anything about it, first thing, just do something simple, like sit up as straight as you can and inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, feel your diaphragm in, out, in, out. And take it slow and then take it fast. Get more control over it. But over time, and if you did this daily a couple times a day, over just a few weeks, you'll find a big improvement, not only on just your head feeling clearer, but on the breath itself and your diaphragm. And if you could see a big change in yourself, then I would go and check into, just look on the internet, things about breath work. A lot of the yoga disciplines use breath work as well. Um, so if you can't do yoga, that's okay. They will also talk about breath work. Um, yes. And there, there is just totally different topics about breath work as well. Uh, I think that that will make a big difference to you. And it's something that's easy for you to do yourself and achievable. And Absolutely. Find- I'll start researching that today because sitting here breathing is easy. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to do it anyway, so you might as well do it properly. Exactly. Have some control over your body. Yeah, absolutely. Because I really, really need to be the best that I can be because, um, 
you know, these two projects I'm talking about are very, very important to at least one million people who are living in abject poverty. So I need to be strong. I need to be the best I can be in mm -hmm. order to get these things going. Well, so when it comes I, to your... Pro oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. When it comes to your projects, I'll be pretty blunt with you about it. With the state that you're in at the moment, you really need to choose. You, If you do both, they both will not get the full support that is needed. If you spent your energy on one, you would do it well and your message would get across. You split your time, both of them will just be half a message. So you really should consider choosing one and focusing on that. Because if you choose one and focus in it, your energy on just one project, whichever one it is, you will find that you will have much more success and reach more people with the positive message that you want. Okay. And I know that's I not choose? what you want to hear. I know. No. But how do I choose? If you really can't choose in terms of, you know, let's just call it uh, judgment, uh, moral judgment, whatever, I'd simply... Put the project names on two pieces of paper, shake them all about, and pull one out. Oh, I know it's hard, but you it can always you because can always find someone else to handle the other project. Yes. They won't yes. do it a good a job as you, admittedly, but at least it's not like not doing anything. But for you to affect change, get your message out, you need to pick one. I don't like you for saying that, you know. <laughs> I know, I know. I don't like me for saying it either. <laughs> I really don't because both projects, they, they are so different, but mm -hmm. they will save lives. And both are equally important. Mm -hmm. and, and I just... Uh, yeah, but just you're only know. one person. You no, run yourself that yeah. thin, you're not doing them a favor in the end. You know, yeah. even if you say six months on this one and then six months on the other but you have to find a way to manage this better because given your current condition and you're trying to do two projects it just will not be the success that you want it to be and then you will think that you yourself didn't do enough yes yeah i always blame myself i blame myself if there's a, if there's a hurricane in fiji it's my fault somehow <laughs> <laughs> it's all that breathing <laughs> I have such power that I can just control the entire world. <laughs> I laugh at myself because, honestly, how can I possibly be guilty of all these things? But, you know, it's one of those things I have. It's deep, deep guilt for everything. But I really, 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 it's my one entire consuming passion in life is to help these people. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I've, let, I've done. Let, let me let me help you a second. I, I think I can clear some of these energies out that you've been going through. And I, I've been listening to Kathy speak to you, and I knew what was coming right from the beginning. I have met many people who are activists, and they run into this problem of, of I'm going to say this word, they become zealot humanitarians. Okay? You want to help so many, you have lost a bit of yourself. And I want to help you get it back. So what I regularly do when I'm when I'm do healings on people is I have them kind of repeat after me. Have you have you listened to have you heard me do this before? No. 
So basically what I'm going to be doing is reading your energy field and finding the spots that are taking the most amount of energy. And I'm going to neutralize them so that they return to zero balance so they're no longer exchanging energy. So for a few hours you're able to feel the original signature frequency that is you. That would be nice. <laughs> okay. So just, just for a second relax and I want you to do is just repeat after me. I am this ever-present moment. I am this ever-present moment. Choose to acknowledge my unseen and seen world. Choose to acknowledge my unseen and seen world. So I may return to sacred balance. So I may return to sacred balance. That being which is me. That being which is me. Since my car accident. Since my car accident. I have had intense pain. I have had intense pain. It is time for me. It is time for me. This signature frequency of being. This signature frequency of being. That is working. That is working. With the seen and unseen world. With the seen and unseen world. I make this statement to the seen world. I make this statement to the seen world. I am a humanitarian. I am a humanitarian. I am here to assist with my heart. I am here to assist with my heart. And all of my mind. And all of my mind. My resources. My resources. And connections. And connections. I have reached a point in my physical life. I have reached a point in my physical life where I must acknowledge the pain I am going through. When I must acknowledge the pain that I am going through. I call upon all of the humanitarians I have worked with. I call upon all the humanitarians that I have worked with. For every person that has ever received the grace and goodwill through the actions I've created. For every person that has ever received the goodwill from the grace that I have created. I ask for you to send me some humanitarian healing energy. I ask for you to send me some humani healing humanitarian energy. Heal my spine. Heal my spine. So I do not have to have surgery. So I do not have to have surgery. So I can have quality of life. So I can have quality of life and not just quantity of actions. And not just quantity of actions. I cannot be reduced anymore. I cannot be reduced anymore. I must now expand. I must now expand. I make this next statement to the unseen world that I work with. I make this next statement to the unseen world that I work with. I can no longer exchange energy. I can no longer exchange energy with beings who do not have equal balance with me. With beings who do not have equal balance with me. I now reject all debt that is pushed upon me. I now reject all debt that is pushed upon me. And I return it to the sender with this loving message. And I return it to the sender with this loving message. I am a humanitarian. I am a humanitarian. 
I am not a doormat for your debt. I am not a doormat for your debt. I am working in the seen world. I am working in the seen world. With this equal exchange of energy. With this equal exchange of energy. If you are not in equal exchange of energy. If you are not in equal exchange of energy. I break all contracts, vows, and agreements with you. I break all contracts, vows, and agreements with you. And I set you on your sovereign way. And I set you on your sovereign way. I cut all energy cords. I cut all energy cords. That allow subtle energy exchange. That allow subtle energy exchange. I am a being of love. I am a being of love. I shall not let my love be abused. I shall not let my love be abused. I will accept this healing. I will accept this healing. And create equal exchange for energy. And create equal exchange for energy. I ask that this end be entered into the Earth Akashic Record. I ask that this be entered into the Earth Akashic Record. So all sentient kind. So all sentient kind. May learn from my experience. May learn from that experience. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Namaste. Stay. That was a lot of energy that got disconnected from you. Yeah, I feel it. (laughs) I feel it. You need to start regularly doing things like that for yourself. You need to realize that the images that you look at, demons are sending you those images so that you are forced into surgery and no quality of life and can no longer help the people. Yeah. You can no longer look at those images. You must do this job differently. Okay, I can do that. Okay. Are there any other questions that you want to ask? (sighs) Um, There's one thing that I I really, 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 um, I've applied for citizenship here and I've been waiting 18 months here and I'm so scared that because of what I do, I'm not going to get it. I have that terrible, terrible fear. I want to bring Kathy in here to talk about citizenship. Okay. And, we've only got, and we've only got a few minutes left, so if you hear the music, we'll have to go. We'll have to go. Okay. Karen, what I'd say with you and your citizenship is that you seem to be missing a few documents, a few submissions. Um, so don't be surprised if they ask you for some more information or photocopies of something or other Um, but when everything is complete and all put in and they have all the documents they need I think you'll find that you have success so do not live in fear about that but certainly go back and have a look at all the forms that needed to be filled in all right did did you have a lawyer help you or did you submit it yourself I did it myself okay well then I would go back and and just check out all the forms that have put in. You know, it, they really make you jump through a lot of hoops. Yeah, they um, do. They do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Australia is the same way too. 
and it's it's an expensive, nerve-wracking process. But, you know, if I get deported back to that country, I will never make it out of the airport. I'm not the most popular person because I, I, I talk about things they do not want to be exposed to the world. Mm. Yes. Well, I think that you will find that you do have success with your um, application. You just need to do some follow-up. So obviously that will just take a bit more time, that's all. But I would not worry about that. Oh, good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Those are are the three most important things in my life. (laughs) I think.